0: So uh, fill in the blank. I just finished the sentence. Read your Bible every day. every day, every day, every day. Right? How many times have I said that over the last forty-five years? Thousands, millions. I've repeated it over and over. Next week, it's going to be my favorite part of Second Peter. Timothy writes next week's passage. He said, "I'm about ready to die, and so I've been telling you the same things over and over and over again. So after I have left, you'll be able to bring it to mind." I thought that's my verse. When I was uh, when we first started, you know, in a couple of weeks we're going to have our fiftieth wedding, uh fiftieth wedding, fiftieth anniversary as a church, and so we've been reminiscing a little bit, Patty and I. And so back in the early days, we led worship, Patty and I, and it was it was boo. It was scary. But one of the things I did is I we only sang 50 songs. That's all we had total. And when we got to the end, we started over. And so I knew exactly what I was going to sing. I was going to sing 50 songs and then go back to the front. Sing 50 songs, go back to the front. And, so, and I picked the 50 that I could sing. You know, they only had two notes in them. <laughs> and so they were easy to sing. And uh, so... Do you have a memory problem? Yeah, I just forgot what I was going to say. Do you know what helps memory problems? Repetition. 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 Now, the reason I said that about 50 songs is I only have 100 sermons. And I've been preaching the same 100 for the last 45 years. But when you preach 100 sermons and go back to the front, nobody remembers that it was a sermon that I preached two years ago. But, you know, there's not that much really. The Bible's got a lot of stuff in it, but it says the same thing over and over and over again in a variety of different ways. And so I repeat certain things because certain things are super important. And uh, it's important that we get it. So there's a couple of things you're going to hear tonight. You've said, I think you said that before. I probably said it a hundred times. But it's amazing how often I say things over and over and over again. And I ask somebody a question and it's like, I didn't know that. Really? Man, I got to keep it. Keep at it. So tonight we're at 2 Peter 1, 5 through 11. Everybody got notes? If you don't, there's a pile of notes there and there's some in the back. If you wanted notes and don't have them, Phil would pick those up and take them to you if you didn't have some. So if you raise your hand, he'll look and see if you do. Oh, there's one right back there, Phil, if you wouldn't mind. Thank you. So 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 11. Now for this very reason also, applying all diligence... In your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self control, and in your self control, perseverance, in your perseverance, godliness, in your godliness, brotherly kindness, in your brotherly kindness, love. For if, that's the key word right there, that word if, if these qualities that he's just listed are yours and are increasing, if these qualities are yours and are growing, Increasing, they render you neither useless, useless, good for nothing, nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he lacks these qualities, is blind, short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling, to make certain about his calling you know what that means? To make sure you're saved. And choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. You know, I, I, I go to a Tuesday night men's group. Uh, and, and we uh, Men's prayer time. And we pray for a variety of things. But I would guess that the number one thing that gets prayed for are sons, daughters, brothers, sisters... Grandkids that have fallen away from the Lord. I would guess that's probably the number one prayer request given. And so, if we were to have a discussion, all of us, and say, You have anybody you know that's fallen away from the Lord? Yeah, I do. I know numerous ones in my family. Fallen away from the Lord. Do you see what it says there? For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. You will never backslide. You will never fall away from the Lord long as you practice these things. For in this way, the entrance, entrance, that is when you step into heaven, into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. You know what that means? For some people, it's not going to be abundantly supplied. They're just going to get in by the skin of their teeth, as it were. So this is a really cool passage. Number one, we are saved by grace through faith. It's a gift of God. No good works are required. Basic truth. I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. I've messed up so many times. Jesus came into this world hung on a cross and while he was hanging there, God reached into the future as only God can do and he took every sin off of me that I would ever commit like apples, put them on Jesus and Jesus died in my place, paid the penalty for my sin, experienced the full wrath of God against himself for every sin that I've ever committed. And so I came up to a point in my life where I recognized I'm never going to make it. I just keep doing the same stupid things over and over and over and over again. If I'm going to get into heaven, it's going to have to be a free gift neither earned nor deserved, provided for me by God through faith in Christ. So that's basic Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not, as a, not, and that, not of yourselves. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one may boast. Now, the big problem that often we have is that there is the end of all that we know about the Bible. That's it. I'm saved by grace going to heaven, period. Hallelujah, amen. Let's sing another song. Number two, there are many people who have a pseudo salvation. They're not really born again. I can't think of a worse position to be in than being a person who thinks they're saved and aren't. You know, a person who thinks they're saved and aren't, it's hard to get saved because they don't think they need saved, but they do. Jesus in Matthew 7 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he will enter. Many will say to me, On that day, that day, that's the day we stand before him. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy your name and your name cast out demons and your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. I never knew you, depart depart from me. Now, do you know the sad thing about that is that there is no, we don't get sent back to give it another try. We don't get sent back uh, to get a mulligan. That's the end of it. And were in eternity at that point titus one sixteen they profess to know God, but by their deeds they deny him, being detestable, disobedient, worthless for any good deed james one twenty two prove yourselves doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves, delude themselves, fool themselves hebrews four six therefore, since it remains for some to enter those who formerly had good news, preached to them failed to enter because of disobedience. Number three, one of the causes of pseudo-salvations is the prosperity gospel. You know what that is? That's where somebody becomes a Christian because they want God to heal their marriage. They become a Christian because they want God to heal their cancer. They become a Christian because they want to have a comfortable life. Uh, One of the lines that was used by a a gospel tract was, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Well, if you mean heaven, he does. But beyond that, there are no guarantees that we're going to have a wonderful plan for our life. I was in Sierra Leone. We have a big ministry in Sierra Leone. We've planted... 20-plus churches, I think maybe 30 by now. And so I was there, and I preached a revival service. There was a couple thousand people there, and I was standing on a rickety old stage with one light bulb and bugs everywhere. Every time I took in a breath, I breathed in bugs, and it was a crazy experience. But uh, this African pastor came up when I finished preaching, and then he gave an invitation, and I think everybody in the audience came forward. I mean, there weren't many left out there. They just... I'm thinking to myself, Billy Graham... You got nothing on me. And so we're going to walk out and talk to these individuals. And the first guy I got to, I said, so why did you come forward? He said, I want to become a Christian. I said, why? He said, because I want to be rich. I said, what makes you think you're going to be rich? Well, all Americans are Christians and all Americans are rich. So if I become a Christian, I'll be rich. So let's suppose I hadn't asked him that question. I just simply said, okay, pray after me. And he prayed. And I said, ah, chalk went up for the kingdom. He would have stood before God at the end of his life and he had heard those words, depart from me. So it may not be as blatant as I want to be rich, but there's a whole lot of people today that get upset at God because they have problems in their life. 2 Corinthians 13.5 Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves or do you not recognize this about yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail the test. Number four, there's no promise in Scripture that if we become a Christian that we will have a wonderful life on this earth. But that's been propagated all over the world acts 14:22 strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to continue in the faith because they were sort of dropping like flies because of the persecution that was happening Strengthening the souls of the disciples. Encouraging them to continue in the faith. And saying, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So I wonder how it would go if at a crusade where there's an invitation given. And the first thing you say, you want to become a Christian? Yeah, okay, just understand that you're going to have to go through a lot of trials and tribulations before you get heaven. That's just the way it is. God wants to test you and build your character. And so, man, you're going to have a tough time. Huh? I wonder how many would say, "Well, I, okay, I'm going to change my mind on that one. We want people to come into the family so bad that we're willing to sell them a bill of goods to get them to pray a prayer thinking that we've got them in when in fact we've just inoculated them against the real thing. <clears throat> a lot of countries, you become a Christian, you've got about a week to live. And they know it. Number five, when we're born again, we're saved from the penalty of sin, the power of sin, the, and ultimately the presence of sin. Presence of sin, that's when we go to heaven. We're saved from the penalty of sin, we're saved from the power of sin. Those go together. If you're not saved from the power of sin, you haven't been saved from the penalty of sin. So let me read Second Peter 1.5 again. Now, for this very reason, applying all diligence, all diligence in your faith. Faith, that's where you start. Ground floor, entrance, in your faith. Apply all diligence, supplying, adding to your faith, moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and your knowledge, self-control, and your self-control, perseverance, and your perseverance, godliness, and your godliness, brotherly kindness, and your brotherly kindness, love. For if, if these qualities, these character traits, are yours and are increasing, growing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, He will lax these qualities, is blind, short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain. Be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. 1 John 3:23 This is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another just as he commanded us the one who keeps his commandments abides in him and he in him we know by this that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us <clears throat> Number 6 it's God's will that we grow in holiness and in the character of Jesus We grow in holiness and the character of Jesus. You know why most Christians in the United States aren't real uh, passionate about that? Because they've heard it over and over and over again. "You're saved by grace. no works required. So let's just take it easy. Just just take it easy and have fun. And then we'll step into glory. It's God's will that we grow in holiness and in the character of Jesus. Now for this very reason, I'll read it to you again. There's power and repetition. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence. Your faith supply moral excellence and your moral excellence knowledge and your knowledge self-control and your self-control. Perseverance and your perseverance godliness and your godliness brotherly kindness and your brotherly kindness love. for If these qualities are yours and are increasing... So question would be at this point, are they? As you think about you. They render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. He lacks these qualities, is blind, short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble from this way. The entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly supplied to you. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transformed. Grow. Increase. Become more holy. More like Jesus Ephesians 2, 8, 9, uh, 8 through 10. Now I read 2, 8, 9, and we'll keep on going until 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. In verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Number seven, a basic and fundamental truth that most Christians rarely think about is that who and what we are in character the day we enter eternity is who and what we are for eternity. God is not going to fix us. I have said this statement, I would guess, 10,000 times in the last 40 years. And it's amazing how much I still get uh, people sort of, ah. And I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I never heard that before. Really. It's all through the Bible. What's the purpose of life? The purpose of life after we become a believer is to make us like Jesus in character so that we step into heaven. We will be like him. And he will enjoy us and we will enjoy him. So the average Christian thinks it doesn't matter. They step into heaven and God goes, Zappo! And we're Fixed. That makes life a joke. There's no purpose. James says, consider it all uh, all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Let endurance have its perfect result, that you might be perfect and complete. That means grown up, not sinless. Perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Well, if God's just going to fix me when I step into heaven, (laughs) cut that verse out of your Bible. It doesn't matter. Why consider it joy when you go through a trial? If God's just going to fix you anyway. So, you know what that means. There's going to be a lot of people who step into heaven. They're going to have the character of a baby. And a lot of people have said to me, I don't care. I'm in heaven. You're going to be there a long time. Do you think it doesn't matter whether you're there with the character of a baby or you're grown up and complete? And have the character of Jesus, you don't think that's gonna make a huge difference when you get there? It is. And God has done everything to provide everything, everything He does, everything He causes, every word that He's put in His book is designed so that we grow. We grow. Let me read 2 Peter 1 5 through 11 to you again. Now, for this very reason, applying all diligence. You have to do that to get saved into heaven? Now it's a free gift. But now we're saved. We're going to heaven. So we don't want to stay babies. So now, applying all diligence in your faith. That's where you start. That's the opening entrance. By faith you're saved. No works required. But there you are. Okay. So now, with all diligence, apply, add to your faith, moral excellence, your moral excellence, knowledge, your knowledge, self-control, your self-control, perseverance, your perseverance, godliness, your godliness, brotherly kindness, your brotherly kindness, love. If these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will lacks these qualities as blind, short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus will be abundantly supplied to you. Kind of fun. Sit down, have a cup of coffee, you and I, and uh, and you say, Pastor, you know, I, I could ask a dozen questions, but do you think of anything you can just tell me that kind of help me out i might suggest we read this passage right here for in this way the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our lord jesus our lord and savior jesus christ will be abundantly supplied to you i might say to you what does that mean abundantly supplied to you and is that you i mean the average person thinks you're just inner not Here it suggests that some are going to enter into abundantly. Abundantly. You know what that means? Fully grown. Mature. Complete. Like Jesus in character. Psalms 90 verse 12. Teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days to make the most of our life. We might present to you a heart of wisdom. Number eight, redemption is a free gift. Sanctification requires diligence. So over the years, every pastor uh, gets an email, a text message, or a letter in the mail, usually anonymous, with some criticisms. And uh, I've saved all those. I mean, i got a big box of them. And somebody say why do you save those? Well, sometimes when I get feeling a little cocky, I just read them. <laughs> That'll bring you down to earth. You know the number one criticism over the years I've heard repeatedly over and over and over and over again. Pastor D, you make Christianity too hard. Sorry. I'm just doing what Peter says to do. All diligence. Does that sound easy to you? All diligence. Read your Bible every day, every day, every day. Spend 15 minutes minimum with God every day, every day, every day. I brush my teeth every day. Be faithful and attend church, and you know, there's just these disciplines that you do, and it makes you grow. It makes you grow. You become like Jesus in character. And so that's what we ought to be pressing on towards all the time. Sanctification requires diligence. Do you know the problem that a lot of Christians have? They're just plain lazy. They'd rather watch TV than read their Bible. They'd rather watch television than come to five days of prayer. They'd rather go golfing. No problem, Bill. I'll go golf too. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Fishing. I'll pick on fishing. They'd rather go fishing than Help out in Awana. Uh We consider all that stuff just to be addendum, no big deal. I'm saved, I'm going to heaven. So that's yeah, take it or leave it sort of stuff. With all diligence. Grow. Grow. And you don't grow without reading your Bible. You don't grow without prayer. You don't grow without serving. Those are all key requirements in, able, in order to Grow. You're going to think this is boring, but I'm going to read to you First Peter 2, 5-11 through 11 another time. Here we go. You're going to have it memorized. Now for this very reason, also applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, your moral excellence, knowledge, and your knowledge, self-control, and your self-control, perseverance, and your perseverance, godliness, and your godliness, brotherly kindness, and your brotherly kindness, love. If, if, if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless Useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly, abundantly supplied to you. 1 Corinthians 9.24 Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. Self-control in every detail of the life. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, a crown that is worth a little bit. But we, we exercise self-control in every area of our life to win a prize to receive an imperishable wreath. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. You know what that means? I have goals. I box in so, such a way as not beating the air. I discipline my body, discipline my body, make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will be disqualified, will not be disqualified. <clears throat> That's a great life set of verses. Second Peter 3:14. Therefore, beloved, since you look for these things, you look for these things, that's heaven, where we're going. Be diligent to be found by him in peace, spotless and blameless. Be diligent so that the day he shows up, he sees somebody that looks like himself in character. Philippians 2:12, "So then my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Hebrews 6, 9. Beloved, we are convinced of better things concerning you. Now, he, the writer of this letter is writing to some people that have backslidden. They're not doing very well. He says, we're convinced of better things concerning you. And things that accompany salvation. That accompany salvation. Lo, we are speaking in this way. For God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love which you have sw- shown toward his name. And having ministered and still ministering to the saints. We desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end so that you will not be sluggish lazy imitators of those who th- faith and patience inherit the promises Proverbs 19:15 Laziness casts into a deep sleep and idle man will suffer hunger <clears throat> I'm going to read this long passage and I'll try to do it in such a way that you're not bored for it is like a man about to go on a journey. This is speaking of Jesus. He's telling a story about himself. He's getting ready to be crucified and go to heaven. He called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. He's talking to his disciples. They were his servants, as it were. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability. And he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with them and gained five more, the same way the one with who had received the two talents, gained two more. But he who received the one talent went away, dug a hole in the ground, hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, so Jesus hadn't come back yet, so it's been a long time, the master of the slaves came and settled accounts with them. Now, that's the day we stand before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. The one who had received the five talents came up, brought five more talents, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. I have gained five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted two talents. See, I've gathered two more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. The one, who had the, one received, uh, the one who had received the one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow, gathering where you scattered no seed, and I was afraid and went away and hid your talent in the ground, so you have what is yours. His master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. So you get to the end of your life, and you're standing before Jesus at the judgment seat of Christ. What's it going to feel like to hear him say, You lazy slave? You did nothing. You did nothing. Now, we don't think that's possible, but it is very possible. And there's probably more people that are going to hear that than hear, well done, good and faithful servant. The reason is because I don't have to be good to get into heaven. We're not talking about getting into heaven. We're talking about standing before Jesus and being rewarded for the deeds we've done During this life and entering into heaven with a complete full character that's like him. So that we enjoy him and rewards that will allow us to serve him in heaven for eternity. Number nine, as we grow in character, we become more and more useful to God to bear much fruit for him. As we grow in character, become mature, we become useful instead of useless. Useless. So we want to grow so we can be fruitful. John 15. <clears throat> John 15:1 through 5. There we go. I am this is Jesus speaking. I am the true vine. My Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you, abide in me. I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine; you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John fifteen eight. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Prove to be my disciples. Philippians one twenty seven. Conduct yourselves in a manner worthy worthy of the gospel so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you, that you are standing firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Worthy of the gospel, Ephesians four one. therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling which we've been called. I uh, was at a pastor seminar thing and the speaker said... Uh, We ought to cut worthy out of our vocabulary because none of us are worthy. I'm thinking to myself, I wonder if he's going to cut it out of the New Testament. Because there is a standard that God has established if he's going to use you or whether you're going to be on the bench. And if he's going to use you, you have to be worthy of him entrusting the gospel to you you have to be worthy of him opening a door for you and giving you something to do that matters and uh, if you are then he will give you all kinds of things to do for him and he'll give you the strength to do it and the means to do it but he requires a certain level of character on the part of those whom he uses there's a worthiness that's required on our part 2 Timothy 2.21, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these things, cleanses himself from these things, Paul's talking there about moral purity, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified, useful, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. I love those words. Useful to the master, prepared for every good work. Number 10, we will all stand before Jesus and give an account to him for the life that we have lived and be rewarded for the things we have accomplished for him. Those rewards are cool and significant and worth working for. Somebody asked me, I get asked this question all the time Pastor, what's it mean to fear the Lord? It means to fear the Lord. Well, I thought we weren't supposed to fear the Lord. You know, there's over 50 references in the Bible that say fear the Lord. Uh, The young lions lack and suffer hunger. But they who fear the Lord will not be in lack of any good thing. Those who fear the Lord, their descendants will be successful. Those who fear the Lord will know the secret of the Lord. And on it goes. Blessing after blessing after blessing to those who fear the Lord. Way back in 2008, I came up with a plan that was to ride a motorcycle and hit all 48 states and leave and come to my house. And uh, what was interesting about that goal was I had never ridden a motorcycle before. People say, "How'd you come up with that?" You know, I don't know. How? You know, my brain is kind of weird. I'm always thinking up these things to do that I've never done before. Well, I'd never done that before. Sounded, the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to do it. So I bought a, a Yamaha V-Star 1100, big seat, big bar. My I name's mean, a big old bike. And I went down and t- took a test to get my endorsement, and I flunked it. I knocked all over the cones, all of them. And then, so I took it a second time. I flunked it the second time. I took it a third time. I flunked it the third time. I don't know if anybody's ever flunked their uh, motorcycle driving test three times, but I did. And so finally, I went to a school in Chemeketa, not Yeah, Shemeketa and Salem, an all-day Saturday school for motor. And if you passed that all-day thing, then they would give you an endorsement. Do you know what I had? I had fear. What was I fearful of? Failing. Flunking. Having this nice motorcycle and this great goal. I can't even do it because I can't pass the stupid test. So I went to Shemeketa. I was nervous. I had a lot of fear of failing. So the fear of the Lord, that's knowing that you are going to stand before him at the end of your life and give an account. I had somebody say to me one time, yeah, I'm not nervous about that. I thought to myself, you're stupider or in a fence post. I didn't say that to him. I just smiled and nodded my head, kind of like I didn't hear him. You're not nervous about standing before the God of the universe and giving an account for the life you lived? <clears throat> I'm, I'm nervous. I think about it all the time. You know what it does? It motivates me. It motivates me. My diligence level goes up. I read a little bit more. I pray a little bit more. I work a little harder. I do a little bit more. Because when I stand before Jesus, I want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear him say, you lazy slave. Good for nothing. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your toil is not in vain in the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.10, We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may be recompensed, rewarded, paid for his deeds in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Now that's a good verse to memorize. 1 Corinthians 3.14, If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so is through fire. When someone asked me once on the fear of the Lord, I said, read that verse 20 times and then... Tomorrow, let's have a conversation about what it means to fear the Lord. He will receive a reward if any man's work is burned up. He will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. You enter into heaven with nothing, zero, in the way of rewards. Colossians 3.23, whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. He who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done and that without partiality. So I'm going to read 2 Peter one more time because some of you have forgotten it already. Now for this very reason, applying all diligence in your faith, Supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence knowledge, in your knowledge self-control, in your self-control perseverance, in your perseverance godliness, in your godliness brotherly kindness, in your brotherly kindness love. If, nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, he who, lacks, for he who lacks these qualities is blind, short-sighted, having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you, For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. You will never stumble. For in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be abundantly, abundantly supplied to you. So, that's what I want. I want to enter into heaven looking like Jesus and hearing him say, well done, good and faithful servant. Drives my life every day, every day. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray that you would, that your spirit would stir us. Lord, we, we're not worried about not making it. We just want to enter into heaven with a character that you have, that we can enjoy you and you can enjoy us and we can enjoy heaven. We want to be given great rewards by you to serve you well for eternity. I pray that you'll motivate us You've given us the power and the strength. You'll open up doors for us as we become worthy. And you'll do great things through each one of us. Most of the time, Lord, we just lack the desire, the diligence. I pray that you would stir us, give us the desire and the diligence to work hard to serve you well with all of our life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.